fucking what the hell? I'm sorry. No, but it's a joke, really. Yeah, speaking about my mom again. No, 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 that's unacceptable. You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious. Hello and welcome to This Cannot Be Serious, a dive into the weird and wonderful world of tennis. How's it going, Joe? Not too bad, Henry. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad. I think you said last week you played six times in four days. Have you kept up that that regime? Uh, no, I actually broke a string this week, so that's put a, uh, oh, put no. a damper on things. But uh, I've got it back today, so hopefully back on the court tomorrow. So you haven't got, a, haven't got like multiple spare rackets that you've been using to... I do have a a decent spare one, but it's about 50 grams lighter. And I just, I worry what that will do to my game if I play with that for a couple hours. Yeah, it'll be all off. Did I, did it, is that my old racket? No, no, that one. Uh, That's gone, has it? I, I've still got it, but it developed a, a crack in the frame. Yeah, uh, I, I knew that when I sold it to you. I, I figured as much. <laughs> um, uh, so it's been a, it's been a, an interesting week um, in, in tennis. Uh, Miami. Masters obviously finished last weekend. Um, I think we we probably need to eat a bit of humble pie, Joe. Um, I think we said pretty much it was going to be probably going to be Sispas Rublev in the final. Turned out it was Hubert Hercats and Yannick Sinner. Um, Hercats went on to win seven six six four, so massive win for for Hercats for for old Herbie Herbie Hercats, yeah. Do you remember um, we, saw, we saw him? At, we saw him at Roland Garros. I think he. I'm pr- pretty sure he was playing. Novak Djokovic um, on Philippe Chatrier. And we thought, I think we heard that this guy was going to be really good and he stunk up the place. That kind of rings a bell. More in my memory, I'm pretty sure he played Federer at Indian Wells a couple of years ago. And again, all the pre-match commentary from uh, people like Catherine Whitaker, uh, personal favourite of yours, um, was bigging him up. And then I just remember him being pretty terrible but you know that was a couple years ago um i'm sure yeah, he's pretty amazing pretty amazing win for him and but i presume a massive missed opportunity for the sister passes the rublevs to obviously win a thousand when a lot of the other players aren't playing and you know potentially move up the rankings and all that kind of stuff yeah definitely um but i i did um did Sissipas and Rublev get get far in the tournament? I, I wasn't able to keep much of an eye on it. So I believe, I mean, well, I think they got. Did they get through to the, both get through to the semis? And then I think they were just. Te- I think they were taken out by Hercats and Sinner. So yeah, yeah um, so they did did pretty well actually. I think it was um, Batista Agut in the final. So I think sorry in the semi final. So I think one okay. of them didn't make it through. But yeah, um, still amazing amazing result for them. And Yannick Sinner seems to be a guy who's kind of really right, risen up the rankings um, and kind of come from nowhere. Looks about 14, um, and uh, which is quite disconcerting, but it's got like just a very good game. It was interesting. I saw Federer kind of coming out and saying he thought he was, you know, a real rising star. And there have been lots of people who kind of discussed quite a lot about him. So he looks like he might be quite a good player. Yeah, I'm just always cautious of these. How many times have we heard so-and-so is the next big thing and then they you know do all right for a couple of years and then meh yeah fade I, into oblivion. I did. what i really what i really did like it was a, some, my mate sent me a video which was it was uh i think it was the title from rookie to world champion 
Mm. Um, Yannick Sinner. I was kind of charting. It was actually quite interesting. Kind of, it's like amazing seeing him playing out on the Challenger Tour, all that kind of stuff, all the ITF futures and all, all all those kind of mini tournaments where obviously nobody's around. But by world champion, they meant that he won um, the next gen, <laughs> which I absolutely, you know, the pinnacle of sport for me. Definitely my favourite, and um, I couldn't agree more with that. Really. Definitely, yep. Um, if if something is befitting the title of world champion, it's the ATP Next Gen Finals. It's a competition where you don't play full sets. <laughs> um, they're, they're always trying out bizarre rules here and there, aren't they? Yeah, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Loved the narrative. But uh, yeah, on the women's side, Ash Barty took out Bianca Andreescu. Um, Andreescu, I think, retired midway through the second set. Um uh, with Ash Barty already up. So, yeah, a bit of a worry for Andrescu having been out for quite a long time. So, yeah, hopefully she can come back and, and be stronger for it. Yeah, that's... Um, I, I, I read something like that was her first f- like full tournament in I don't know how long. Mm. Um, so, if I were her, hopefully the injury isn't too serious. But I'd be very pleased with getting to the final on uh, on your first proper tournament back. Really, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Ash Barty, obviously, being number one in the world, um, yeah, great for great for her to kind of stamp that stamp that down because I think there's been quite a lot of criticism given the rankings and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, French Open. So um, delayed by a week, they've come out and uh, and t- and mentioned that I think to give the greater opportunity for them to have more fans at the tournament. Uh, France went into lockdown early April. Yeah, what are your thoughts on that, Jay? Um, it's not quite as egregious as last year when the French Open decided to unilaterally move their tournament. To, was it September or October? Yeah, it must have been. Yeah, it was, it was September. It was into October, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, without consulting the ATP or any of the other Grand Slams, they just did it and didn't care about what effects that would have on, on other tournaments. Um, obviously, this one isn't quite as severe, and it looks like they learned from last year and spoke to the ATP and the other Grand Slams um, first. Having said that, it's a situation again where clay is hurting the grass court season, which I do not like. Um, We've spoken about this in the past, but there's what feels like thousands and thousands of clay court tournaments. Um, And by them moving the French, it kind of throws the grass season in array a little bit with some of those warm up tournaments. Mm, I think there's kind of it's just big, big tournaments being able to kind of piss on the little guys a little bit. You know, I think some of those smaller grass court tournaments like Nottingham and Eastbourne, I think, are in in danger. I, th- I presume Haller and all that kind of stuff is still fine. Uh, Haller is due to start um, the day after the French Open final, right? Um, which, I mean, speaking from a Federer fan point of view. I don't know if this now means he skips the the French. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, do you think do you think he would though? Because I think I mean probably pretty unlikely he's going to. Oh, I mean, he could be there on that last day, I suppose. But I mean, it's. I mean, he, last time he played, he made the semis. Um, yeah, 
And I, I just, I don't know when, when his clear goals are Wimbledon, Olympics, US Open. I don't know. I, I guess it will depend on health and decisions like that. But it's not just him, really. It's um, you look at guys like Andy Murray. You know, he figures his probably best chance of doing some damage is grass. Uh, how much of his time and effort is he going to contribute into clay now? I don't know. I suppose at least they don't have to travel that far. I think you know it's it's all local. That's true. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know really. I think they'll try and, I think most of them are probably absolutely gagging to play tennis, aren't they really? So they'll probably play as much as they can. You Murray, would I, I, Murray, I can't imagine is going to go particularly deep in Paris. No. He might do, but I mean, it's, um, I suppose we, if, I think in terms of the, the build up to Wimbledon, they, they extended it, didn't they, by a week to go and give players a bit more time. It's just kind of going, I suppose it was going back to what it was before really. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I the real um, I don't know the other tournaments, but like a tournament like Stuttgart now takes place in the second week of the French Open. Hmm. So any hope they had of top players, obviously they're not going to get you know the top four in the world hmm. playing in Stuttgart. But usually you get a couple of top five, top ten players. Now tournaments like that probably aren't going to get any. And yeah, you kind of wonder what the quality of players at tournaments like that is going to be now. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I didn't really think about that, but that that is a good point. Some of those smaller tournaments are definitely going to be affected quite badly, aren't they? Definitely. Um, Elise Cornet um, was speaking to the tennis channel, and she she said something something that I really liked. She said, "It stays between us, but our sports minister is a disaster." Sorry, when it stays between us, and you're talking <laughs> to a reporter, that's De- debatable he's like I'm sorry I have nothing against her but she only takes bad decisions for sport like she doesn't care and I know it comes from the government I'm pretty sure it might also come from the tournament because I heard they might have more people if they postpone for one week but still I think it's fairly selfish uh, decision to be honest because the calendar is going to suffer from this postponement but it, it stays between them so it's, it's just between them so yeah. It didn't. It didn't get out. Nothing to worry about. That's fine then. I, I do wonder, given how this past year has gone and how quickly things change and get you know suddenly worse, uh, is a week really going to make all that much difference in in France? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I really. I mean, I. Yeah, I've got I've got no idea. It feels like it's not how long they haven't really got that long until I mean we've seen it's taken quite a long time for cases to die down in this country from kind of Christmas January time. Yeah. Um but I don't I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. As you say, a week doesn't feel like that much. Just I suppose they're thinking that a week's our limit really, because we cut as you say, once you start pushing it beyond that you start competing with bigger tournaments like Queens and Haller yep. and they've got a bit more clout to probably be able to go, no, you don't. Yeah. So yeah, I'm probably just kind of testing the waters and, and, um, and, and seeing, seeing that they could push it back. But um, yeah, I mean, it's similar, similar to, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what happens with Wimbledon. Obviously we we're talking last week about the ticketing stuff, but it shows you how quickly these things can change really. Yeah. I mean, while we're talking about, this kind of topic um like that 
a tournament like Halla has already confirmed this week that there will be no fans in attendance. Um, and that's, uh, it, what, two weeks before Wimbledon? Obviously, that's Germany and each country is vastly different at the moment. But it does make you wonder what the state of Wimbledon will potentially look like. Um, I wouldn't be at all shocked for there to be no fans, to be honest. Hmm. Yeah, I think I think as you say, I think obviously Germany and the UK is quite different with all the vaccine stuff at the minute. So, it's, yeah, it's a, I think there's a. I, I don't think it would take much for them to see a very small rise of cases in London for them to just say no. Though. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think I think hopefully well, things. Obviously, we don't know how things are going to materialise, but yeah, but yeah. Anyway, interesting interesting stuff that be yeah fascinating to see what happens with that um there was a slightly more bizarre bizarre story on the wta um this week i don't know if you saw it there was a an umpire who called an incorrect score uh it was astra sharma versus uh, julia gatto monticone not players I, I was aware of sure um basically it was one all in the third set um and it was love 30 on monticone's serve um her, Sharma won the next point. Should have been love forty. They called fifteen thirty. She goes on to lose the match um, on the back of well, she loses obviously loses the game, then loses the set, then loses the match. Yeah. Um, and basically, yeah, just she complains to the umpire about what's gone on, and he's kind of having absolutely none of it really. Um, but she, yeah, she came out afterwards and said that was outrageous. I was told he was not sure of the score, but since I couldn't tell him how I won the points, I could not delay the match arguing with him. That's mental. I mean, don't they have machines that keep track of the score for them? Yeah, you would have thought so. I think the confusion might have come because it was, I don't know where it was, but basically he wasn't, it wasn't English and I think she's Australian. Um, so she wouldn't have been able to understand what, potentially not understanding what score he was giving but I don't know I don't know but it's one of those weird it's one of those weird things that I've I've had multiple arguments with opponents over which yeah. like I know the score is x but I can't really expect I'm really bad at explaining how some people I know like really good at going yeah well there was that point that point that point I've just got a feeling in my bones but that's not convincing enough evidence yeah I know exactly what you mean but that's what we face, you know, at a level, at a really piss poor level with no umpires, obviously. That's true. On some sort of, uh, was this the Challenger Tour? It's WCA 250, so it's quite, oh, okay. um, yeah, quite a high level. So that's even more shocking then, really. I mean, you can kind of maybe forgive Challenger level. They don't necessarily have the greatest equipment or potentially the greatest umpires. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to uh, any challenger up uh, umpires out there, yeah. but yeah, at a a two fifty equivalent, I'm stunned that that sort of thing has has happened. Really, yeah. Apparently, she apparently she spoke to the WTA supervisor, who claimed who basically told her to focus more on the score instead of the tennis in the future, which I find is such a bizarre comment. That's really strange. I I don't recall ever hearing anything like this. No, uh, it's quite funny. It was really funny seeing the video because you had the two the two commentators were like, "Oh goodness me, this is going badly," um, and was just like, "That's not the right score." Like they were they were they were on top of it, knowing exactly what the score was. Um, 
but yeah, that's, that's bad when the when the commentators are, are more in tune with the match than the umpire. Yeah, that's true. Um, moving on to one of our favourites again, uh, Serjan. Are we going to call him Serjan Djokovic? Oh God, here we go. So Novak's Novak's papa. Yeah. Um, interview with K One. I don't know who K One are. Is that a is that a channel you're familiar with? Or it is not. Probably the only channel that would give him airtime. But continue. I think you're going to like this. So he um, not particularly happy with Federer. Oh God! This, yeah. This harks back to a a Davis Cup tie in 2006. Oh, uh, firstly, before you even say anything, let it go, man. 2006. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he's not letting it go. He uh, he said he basically. I think Federer called for. Basically, said that Djokovic's repeated calls for the trainer was an absolute joke during his match against Vavrinka. And Sergen is still bitter about it. 15 years on, absolutely furious. He said, 15 years ago, he attacked my son while he was still young, aged 18 to 19. He knew that... This is this is a really good bit. You'll like this, Jay. He knew that someone would come who would be better than him. Oh, my God. This, this guy is delusional. It, I mean, firstly, he's still pulling that crap in 2021 he calls for the trainer so often it's a joke and it's at this point i think andy roddick said it best a few years ago you know he's either the bravest guy he's ever met or you know he's milking mold ailments yeah uh, but yeah i mean <laughs> it does it does feel he feels like i mean the number of instances of lazarus you know, kind of rising from yeah. pretty much looks like he can't move. Yeah. And I mean, he used to, being a big Andy Murray fan, it used to wind me up no end how much Djokovic, I mean, you'd be like, I remember watching it with people and they, you know, Djokovic would go off. I was like, and Djokovic, look, you know, he's injured. I was like, no, no, no. This is, this is what he does every single time. Yes. He'll be back. He'll be stronger than ever. And he's going to win this match. Um, but yeah, so frustrating. But yeah, I mean, look, Federer's a bully. Uh, yeah, clearly. Um, and he knew and he knew that this guy was gonna be somebody who would be better than him. Yes, definitely. The the guy that um I remember for I don't know if it feels like it was multiple years, but I recall a few instances where he couldn't handle the heat, um, particularly in Australia and pretty sure he retired from a few matches because it was just too hot. So, you, uh, yeah, it's obvious that that guy was going to be a, a future Grand Slam champion. That's true. Is Federer, Federer's never retired, is that right? Federer's never retired during a match, no. Um, he uh, he end, ended the quote with saying, I said then that he, Federer, was a great champion, the best at the time, but as much as he is a great champion, he is not as good a man. Good, good a man as Novak. Is that what he's saying? Yeah, look, you you can't get a nicer guy than Novak Djokovic. No, that's clear. So uh, yeah, but yeah, loved it. I I really wish they would stop putting a microphone in front of this guy's face. I think he's great entertainment. It gives us something to talk about, I suppose. But that's true. But he, um, yeah, um, yeah, it just beggars belief, really. Yeah, that's uh, that's ridiculous. Let's 
let's move on to my favorite segment to uh to put me in a better mood anyway loving that new music yes that's uh full credit to you for uh putting together that gem and it's, uh, it's taken me all week it's, uh, <laughs> it's i just want to clear something up it's it's robbie koenig but uh the famous tennis commentator but he says tough as a woodpecker's lips i've sent it to a couple of people who have no idea what he'd said <laughs> so, I think he said tough as a wet packer's lap or something. And I was like, no, 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 tough as a woodpecker's lips. I mean, to be fair, it's not that far off of making that much sense as the real thing. So I've never heard tough as a woodpecker's lips. No, so, me neither. I'm, he I does. He comes out with some gems. Um, so this week's stump, Henry. I feel like um, it's a, it's a kind of multiple angled one so you mentioned earlier um old herbie hercatch uh won miami earlier this week which is uh his first masters 1000 title yeah um i I figure i've i've hit you with um quite a few older trivia questions the past few weeks so i thought i'd be kind and give you a more recent question so, essentially, what I'm after from you this week, Henry, is from 2015 until uh, 2021, excluding Herbie Hercatch, yeah. there have been 11 male champions of ATP 1000 events that are not Fedra, Nadal, Djokovic. Wow, 11? 11. Right, oh, okay. Um, some of these are, you know, one hit wonders, people that you wouldn't necessarily consider good at tennis and they just had a good run. Does this include the ATP World Tour Finals? It does not. Okay, fine. It does not. Um, so just Masters 1000, um, how many of the 11 can you get? Gosh, this is going to be, this is going to be tough. It is a tough one. So, um... Medvedev. Medvedev is correct. He uh, won Cincinnati and Shanghai in 2019 and Paris last year. So already three to his name. Um, is uh, Sorry, is do you say Murray's in it or he's, he's out? I, I didn't include Murray in the list of three players. Okay, so Murray. Uh, Murray, yep. He uh, It was that 2016 year for him. Uh, Rome, Shanghai and Paris. Um, unfortunately, he hasn't won one since due to injury. Um, so, um, John Isner. John Isner, correct. Uh, Miami 2018 came up a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, Dominic Team. Dominic Team, correct. Just the one. Uh, Indian Wells uh, 2019. Okay. Uh, Karen Hatchinoff. Karen Hatchinoff, correct. Again, just the one. Uh, 2018 Paris. Jeez, okay. Um, has Sasha Zverev won one? Sasha Zverev has actually won uh, quite a few. He has won he? three, I believe. Oh, um, nice. Madrid in 2018, Rome in 2017, and Canada in 2017. Right, okay. So you've got uh, six, I believe, to my count. 
Right, okay. It's not going to be, I'm thinking. Has Delpo won one? Delpo has won one. Indian Wells, 2018. Nice. Um, and... I'm pretty sure Kane Ishikori hasn't won one. Kane Ishikori has, uh, looking at the list, I don't think he's ever won one, regardless of year. Um, okay. Are there some really obvious ones? Um, one, I mean, one is not obvious by any means. Um, two are kind of from that lost gen group if you will um and the other one is well known because of who he beat to get to the final interesting um i'm just trying to maybe i've lost count here you've got one two three four left i believe so yeah i think i miscounted so i'm gonna go grigor grigor dimitrov is correct uh he won cincinnati in 2017 Okay. Uh, Chilich. Chilich is also another one. Uh, Cincinnati 2016. God, you forget how... I mean, he's really, he feels like he's fallen off a cliff. Oh, massively. Uh, since those couple of Grand Slam finals in 2017-18 against Federer, he's been nowhere. God, that was bad. Um, um, so you've got two left, I believe. Um, yeah, too bad. Um, we're not saying... I can't remember... Jack Sock didn't win one, did he? Yes. Jack Where Sock. Where was that? That is just one of those in the back of your mind. You're like, what did he win? He won the 2017 Paris Masters somehow. Oh, my God. Um, that literally career peak for him. Yeah. <laughs> my God. He fell off a cliff after that, didn't he? He did. And the last one, Sispas not won one. Nope. We discussed that last week. Um, I feel like... Thomas you... Burdick. No, no, no. I think if I give you the tournament, you might know. Uh, Monte Carlo. Hmm. To be specific, Monte Carlo 2019. Oh, goodness. Uh, wasn't like Fabio Fanini, was it? It was Fabio Fanini. Excellent defeated uh nadal i believe in the semi-finals like not just defeated him like whooped him yeah i do remember that yeah um and yeah that's uh the biggest win of, of his career by far as well wow. so there's some really strange i mean if you think about the ones that haven't featured in that yeah sisipas is one big one um, considering the last 12 months or so Rublev has have you'd have expected him to potentially yeah nab one or uh, I suppose some of the other guys like Shapovalov and uh, Felix Ojaliasim and all those kind of guys are a little bit young aren't they but yeah as you say it's the kind of that lost generation of players who you thought probably could challenge you didn't really do too much yeah it's uh if you go a bit further back um it's much less of a mix of people it's predominantly all Federer, Nadal, Djokovic, with the occasional Vavrinka, 
Songa and Murray thrown in kind of thing. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? It kind of goes without saying. Is, is, so hang on, has Stan Wawrinka never won a... He's won one. He's won one, has he? He won one. Uh, I believe it was against Federer uh, in the 2014 Monte Carlo final. Oh, just before. Again, that feels like that's a guy who's probably over-delivered and slammed, but under-delivered elsewhere. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You are uh, like... Just looking at the list, Murray's picked up quite a few of these. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's won the same amount of Grand Slams as Vavrinka, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I think so. so. I both won three. Is that both won three? Is that? Both won three, I believe, yeah. yeah. So that's, yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it, very interesting. Um, yeah, yeah that's, uh, that was a good one, mate. But I you, mean, you did very well there. Yeah, I'm pleased with that. I'll take that. I've had a couple of, I've had a couple of, um, Couple of good results in quick succession after a very poor start. To to uh, pull out Jack's sock, that's uh, that's the most impressive, I think. Yeah, I mean, you should you should remember the kind of one hit wonders more so than anybody else. Really, <laughs> um, Jack's sock. He turned into a doubles specialist. He turned into a doubles specialist, or had no choice to turn into a doubles specialist. It's unconfirmed. <laughs> um, but in terms of like a, I mean, potential. Masters thousand winner of the future, Felix Ogier Ali Asim, uh, this week. Tony Nadal is his new coach, Rafa Nadal's uncle. Yeah, that's weird, isn't it? Very weird. I think he uh he seems I think he's been training at Nadal's camp or whatever and is it Mallorca or I'm not yeah. quite sure, yeah. Um I think they they seem to get on. I think he was talking about the values that um Oja Ali Asim had that was similar to Nadal and I presume he just wants to get back he said it would be very weird if he was playing Nadal like yeah, who he'd supported and he was like oh yeah you know but I'd like you know I obviously want my my nephew to do well but obviously I'd want Felix to win in that match but yeah very strange it must be yeah very odd He's, he said he wouldn't sit in the box if that match were to ever occur right yeah, there's some um, really nice. I think they obviously they're obviously still very close. With some great clips of him after Nadal won the French Open, like watching the match and all that kind of stuff. So he's obviously, yeah, you know, still still very um, still very in with what Nadal does. And obviously, how could you not be if it? Of yeah, course, that's well, what think, you created. Yeah, I think what was interesting about this story was seeing the reactions of Nadal fans on Twitter. Um, they were not too pleased with this really yeah which i don't i don't really get like i imagine first he got rafa's blessing Mm. i I would have imagined not not that he needs it but i'm sure he probably had that conversation and secondly what what do you like clearly he wants to get back on tour coaching what what do you want him to do? Just sit around and wait until Nadal's like retired, retired, and then okay, now you can go back and. But also, if you think, I mean, in terms of the, he's not gone to be Novak Djokovic's clay court coach. Exactly. You know, it's like somebody who's at very different end of his career to Nadal. Um, so I, and so does anybody? Does anybody think that OJ Aliassim is going to threaten Nadal at Roland Garros? Uh, no, no. I mean, and I think by the time by the time Nadal's retired, this I mean, 
you know, it might be might be that he's coming out, but I doubt that. I imagine that was part of the thinking anyway. It's like, well, let's get this young guy. He's clearly talented. Um, and maybe take him on, you know, as somebody who could do great things after Nadal's retired, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I mean, obviously it's a little weird, but because it's Uncle Tony. Yeah. But yeah, I, you know, if he wants to do it, let him do it. Yeah, agreed, mate. Um, so moving on to Gunning for Gunners. He's got those reflexes like a mongoose on amphetamines. So hang on, you, you've you got music for Gunning for Gunners now as well, do you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he does have reflexes like a mongoose on amphetamines. I don't think uh, there's any, any dispute of that. Yeah, can um, confirm. My my slight my slight concern with this, um, for those of you who don't know, Joe and I have followed a guy called Prajnesh Gunners Warren for years. Um and we always like to keep up to date with what he's doing. Um my fear with this is that does it I mean Gunning for Gunners I mean long story short, he's not really played since Dubai. I haven't heard anything from Gunners for quite a long time. Do we need to think about renaming this section of the podcast? So what you're telling me is we started a podcast and a key segment of said podcast was going to be based around a player that has not been playing at all. That's true. I mean, I'm thinking of just, we're just rebranding it. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking either gagging for gunners or yeah. um, there's a searching for sugar man is a very good documentary film. Maybe we could just have searching for gunners because he hasn't been seen yet. <laughs> um, you know, uh... I think we can turn it back into gunning for gunners when when he's back on tour when he's operational. But at the moment, we can't find them. <laughs> so I'm I'm thinking we're we're rebranding this. Anybody has any news on searching for gunners? Then uh, then pr- please let us know. Um, but I, uh, yeah, he's he's got to be back for the clay court swing, surely. You'd hope so. Um, is there? There must be Monte Carlo qualifiers coming up. Is there? Uh, I think Monte Carlo starts in t- like three days, so he's probably missed out on that. Okay, so if anybody has seen Prajnesh Gunaswaran, please let us know. Um, any footage, any of him playing in the back garden, we'd love to. We'd love to hear it. Yeah. At what point do we get concerned? I think if we haven't heard from him by, let's say, the hard court season, the US hard court season. Okay. Fine. I think. I think then we. Maybe need to alert the authorities or something. All right, let's let's hope it doesn't come to that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's that's it for this week. But um, thanks very much for joining us on this. Cannot be serious. If you like the show, please subscribe and tell your friends about it. We'll be back next week to talk about the Monte Carlo Masters. We'll be midway through it. In the meantime, it's a goodbye from me and a goodbye from Joe. Thank you very much. Thank you all, guys, because your energy tonight. I won because of you. <laughs> <laughs>